the Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast where we talk about 90s hits that come the nanny. This week, we are talking about an episode of The Nanny that is called Sunday in the Park with Fran. It's episode 18 of season one, directed by Gail Mancuso and written by Howard Mayer. I am Shondi Pasquale, here with... Toria Sheffield. And this um, this title is, of course, a uh, play on the Songheim musical Sunday in the Park with George. That's right. That's right. Which I, um, I have never seen. My friend Monica saw it in New York with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, but that's that's all the news I got. I can't imagine anyone else doing it other than Mandy Patinkin, and I highly urge you to go check out the Mandy Patinkin version. It's it's like available. You can find it online and stuff. It was recorded, but it's great. He is um, really a f- f- phenom. He's a phenom. Hey, Save it for the Mandy cast, okay? We're at the I'm Mandy saving cast. it for our Criminal Minds podcast that we're doing next. <laughs> but so this is the episode where Fran takes Gracie to the park and ends up lightly smacking the son of a prominent theater critic yeah. the day before this critic is supposed to review Mr. Sheffield's new show. Yeah. Big stuff happening. Big stuff. And and that plot point reminded me of there was this Australian TV series that then got remade here called The Slap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had, I, didn't, I didn't see it, but I remember laughing about the terrible name. Yeah, it had it had Zachary Quinto here, but it was basically this plot. It was like it was like someone, uh, you know, it's like this friend group is at like a backyard barbecue, and someone hits someone else's kid, and then like the ramifications of that in like their friend group and their lives and and all that, and like this kind of did all the best parts of that in like one episode. This uh, so so basically this episode starts off with establishing that Mr. Sheffield and CC's production is going to open the next day. It's their new big show, and they are trying to kind of like grease up the local New York critics, and you know they're they're in a flurry of anxiety, and um they find out that Gracie goes to school with yeah. Frank Bradley Jr., who is Frank Bradley Senior's son, and Frank Bradley Senior is like the theater critic in New York. And like, if you can get a good review from him, you know, you've, you've got it made. So, so Cece uh, suggests that they invite little Frank Jr. on a play date with Gracie in the park. And Gracie's instantly like, I don't want to do that. That kid is mean. Um, He says, he he calls my work derivative, (laughs) which is funny because his father is a is a critic. He he calls her work in art class specifically derivative. and this leads to a big, a, a big first act face-off between Fran and Cece, where basically Fran's like, you know, no, she, she doesn't like the kid. She's not going to go play with him. And Cece's like, oh, no, she is. Um, and we'll let Maxwell, a.k.a. Mr. Sheffield, be the judge. Um, and that leads to this, this huge moment of physical comedy with these two actresses, where they're both racing towards Mr. Sheffield's office. Um, Brighton kind of, I think Fran's like, like uh, trip her up Brighton or something like that. And he tries to get in her way. And Fran like runs into Mr. Sheffield's office and then slams her back against the door. And then the door is like, is like thrusting open as Cece is trying to get inside. And Fran's trying to make her case to Mr. Sheffield. Um, And it was really uh, a new thing. It was really fun. It's a Uh, solid sequence. This episode, Gail Mancuso, who who directed this, and I think like the next three, 
um, get, plays really well with physical comedy. There's an earlier bit when Cece's trying to convince Gracie to go play with this little boy that she doesn't want to play with. Gracie's like at like the kitchen table and she's like coloring and, um, and Cece immediately like sits down and goes into like fake like friend mode and like picks up a crown and starts like mindlessly just like scribbling. Like she's so clearly just not coloring anything, but she's like immediately is like, Oh, you should go play with him. It'll be so fun. <laughs> and she's like coloring. And then as soon as it's clear that Gracie's not like really not interested, she like, you know, immediately like abandons like coloring with the kid and moves on. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, yeah, that was also like a great bit of, they don't call too much attention to it, but it's like a great bit of business for the actress to do. And it's in line with like uh-huh. what her character would be doing in that moment. And like you were telling me earlier also that this was written by like a veteran sitcom writer who's written on some really solid yeah. stuff. And and I, I really see that in, in this episode because it's, it's like very tight. The pacing is really good. The details that are laced earlier come into play later. It, it, you know, every now and then we'll say, oh, this kind of felt like an episode where there was like a bunch of C plots that they just threw in together. And this like very much didn't feel like that. No, this um, was a carefully constructed, like the A plot had like a beginning, a middle and an end point and then the b plot directly tied into both the a plot and served as the button for the show and ends up with being like a great cameo which i will get to you know shortly mm-hmm. um no spoiler. and and this episode even manages to get in like a, a fairly significant moment uh between fran and mr sheffield that mm-hmm. uh you know that we we, we also address I guess, sort of as we get there. So do you, you want to, you, so basically you were up to, you know, the, the physical comedy and then this ends up leading to Fran uh, sort yeah. of losing this battle and having to kind of acquiesce and invite this, this kid, Frank Jr. to the park to play with Gracie in order to sort of woo Frank Sr. into giving their show a good review. Mm-hmm. And that that leads to um, one of the really solid lines of the episode because basically um, at first Fran is like, Mr. Sheffield, like you would never want Gracie to play with someone who she didn't like. And he's like, no, of course not. And then Cece's like, it's Frank Bradley Sr.'s son. And then Mr. Sheffield's instantly like, oh, well, like, I mean, but how, how does she know she doesn't like him if she hasn't spent any time with him? And Fran says, I, I wish we had had this conversation out in the yard, the plants could have used all the fertilizer, basically being <laughs> yeah. like, like you're full of shit. Um, yeah. Which is a perfect that, joke. I mean, that, yeah. that's a perfect, it's a perfect joke. And credit to Howard Meyer for, uh, you know, being able to work within the like, you know, 8 PM comedy time slot space and, and get a pretty blue joke in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Fran begrudgingly has to invite this little boy along and, we get to the park and we actually meet the the boy. And the second you see him, you're like, oh, he's a that kid. He, you've yes. seen this kid in a countless number of I love this kid. Movies, I was so excited to see this guy. And I, he, he always plays a little jerk. Yeah. It's, so his name, yeah. the actor's name is Miko Hughes. And he he's one of his first roles is he played Gage in Pet Cemetery, in Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Creepy little boy. Like a really adorable kid, but like creepy. And then um, he was also in Kindergarten Cop. Uh, <laughs> he's he's the boys have penises, girls have vagina kid, uh, which is also so many. He was in so many episodes of Full House. He was he was like yes. the ratty kid in one of their classes. I don't remember if it was Stephanie or Michelle's 
but yeah. for a year. And he then he even... also played my my best memory of him um, was he played uh, Heather Langenkamp's fake son Dylan in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was like a it was a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel that took place in the real world and starred the actress who played the main like the the final girl in the first Freddy movie. And was like all about her going back to shoot another Freddy movie while her son is having nightmares of like the real, real life Freddy Krueger. It was really great. It's like, it, it, it's my favorite of that whole series because I, I like that it like breaks the fourth wall and, you know, it gets very meta. And, and, like, I'm, and I'm sure um, the nanny cast fan base has a huge overlap with, there's uh, a huge with Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger the nanny fan base overlap. And I'll tell you yeah. why, because, um, Freddy Krueger was also famously Jewish. <laughs> I don't think, I don't, hmm. no, Krueger, that, that sounds is, German. No, no, no. But is the, is Robert England? No, that's not Jewish either. Robert. England's no. All right. Well, moving on, moving on. Uh, moving but on. so she, she takes him to the park. And the, the kids start playing and you can hear Gracie being like, get off of me. Like, Frank, please stop. And he's just like yeah. totally terrorizing her. He's a little, he's a little jerk, this kid. He's I mean, a little jerk. He's a, he's really a jerk. He's not just like, like, he's not just like his dad, like very critical and biting, but like, he's like a little bully. Like he, he's like physically assaulting, uh, you know, Gracie. He jumps well, on her back. Yeah, I mean, I maybe this maybe I'm a bad parent. I wouldn't say it's as far as assault, but it's two little kids where one of I mean he's much smaller than Gracie, but he's so annoying. He's yeah, he's playing rough, he's he's annoying her, he's tugging on her hair. She I think could easily take him. She just doesn't want to because she's a, you know, a much nicer child. But you think she he could also- take him? This is a fun new new uh we every episode we should see if there's another child on the show who would win in a fight. <laughs> could Gracie take <laughs> could Gracie take him? <laughs> um well the thing is though, um what he he's not only a, just doing obnoxious little kid stuff, he, when they get to the park, his first comment is you call this a park? I find it dull and unimaginative. And then Fran makes a joke like a couple of minutes later, and he goes, that joke's so old. I heard it on the Flintstones, which was a pale derivative of the Honeymooners. <laughs> so he's just like, first of all, um, this episode, it really makes a big joke about or about critics, theater and theater critics and, and the world of criticism, because yeah. there's so many jokes that are basically like these people are miserable and awful and are just like taking the joy out of everything, which right. which just must be so satisfying to do as a television writer. Um which well, yeah, because I he, mean, I think the Flintstones line encapsulates that, right? Because it's like, like, yeah, the Flintstones is honeymooners, but like, it's also its own weird thing, and like, it, like, who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, like the, the the pointlessness of critics is, I think, inarguable. Because, like, what's the po- what's the point? What does it do? It makes them them feel really good about themselves. So I mean, it's on a micro level. It's, no, but it's I mean, really on a macro level, how does it contribute to the art or to even people's enjoyment of the art or consumption? Like it, it really doesn't, except um, maybe detracts, you know, like. If it's good, if, if you like it, you like it. You know? Hey, if you like it, you like it. And that's, that's a, that's the show. That's the, uh, Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast ethos. If you like mm-hmm. it, you like it. You know, no one's getting pressured here. And Hey, um, you guys seem to like it. <laughs> So, but uh, yes, this this child is being 
horrible. Like, like would test the patience of anybody. Um, and so Fran, at a certain point, is like, hey, stop that. And she she picks up this baguette that Niles has packed for them um, in a picnic basket. And she kind of just like whacks him very she lightly on the back. with the baguette. We should, yeah. we should note, this is probably a good place to note, the B plot of this episode is that the refrigerator has broken and they are waiting for a refrigerator repairman and he's taking too long to get there. And as a result, Niles is like cleaning out the fridge. Like he's just, everything must go. Like he's only going to open it once and then he's going to make a bunch of food. And like, they're trying to keep everything cold because they have no idea when the refrigerator repairman is actually going to show up. So that's part of the reason why she's got this elaborate picnic and she's got uh, a giant, you know, like a large baguette. And then she, yeah, she basically swats the boy with a, with a, with a, with a baguette, mm-hmm. with a loaf of bread. She does it and the kid, you know, instantly jumps into like crocodile tears and is like, I can't believe you hit me. I'm going to tell my father and he's going to give your play two thumbs down. Yeah. Um, and so this this whole plan has gone terribly. The whole reason for this play date was to incur favor with the critic. And now they probably are going to be hated by him. And, she, and they go home and Fran realizes – no, no, she doesn't break it to Mr. Sheffield. It's that Mr. Sheffield gets an angry call from Frank Bradley Sr., um, at which point he is furious at Fran, even though she's trying to explain it really wasn't her fault. And there's this really funny moment where she literally picks Gracie up. And Gracie's getting kind of big now. She's probably around eight. And Fran goes, you wouldn't hurt a woman who's carrying your child. <laughs> well, literally carrying his like eight-year-old child. Um, and it is decided by Mr. Sheffield that he is going to invite the critic and his little son over and Fran is going to personally apologize for the incident. And she just has to suck it up and do it. Um, and so this, this critic comes over and who is the actor? So I know it's, he's played by Eric Braden, who, who, or maybe Braden. I don't know. Anyway, I know the guy because my mom was a huge young and the restless fan. She used to watch that soap opera religiously. And then when they spun it off into another show called Bold and the Beautiful, she watched that one too. And, and he, uh, Eric played this guy named Victor Newman. I mean, and he, I think he still plays him. So like, he's been on that show since like the early nineties, just playing this, this character. He's like this evil CEO type, very similar to the character he's playing here. But as soon as he walked in, I was like, Oh no, it's Victor. Like and I was I got so excited because he's he's a great actor and I mean and he brings it he brings it all to the table here he's sort of like this like booming voiced kind of like um um you know stuck up socialite guy who's you know critic uh and he's the worst he's just yeah, the, he's worst. the worst yeah and and he instantly comes in and he passes judgment on like every little detail he sees yeah, and really he, swinging it swinging it around if you were yes you, and yeah, insults yeah. like basically every member of the family in quick succession um and even um um uh, critiques Fran's apology and says to his son even like well what did you think of it and his little son says it left me cold <laughs> much and it goes it left me cold much like Robert Goulet and Cyrano <laughs> coming from like the mouth of a seven-year-old is <laughs> so funny but so basically um the critic is so intolerable that then Mr. Sheffield loses his temper mm-hmm. and uh, wouldn't it be really funny actually if Mr. Sheffield had hit the critic <laughs> that's not what happened <laughs> I just realized that would have been perfect that almost would have been better but instead he's like you know what 
you know, Mr. Bradley, I have decided that I don't care what you think of my play and like, please see your way out. Um, And an important detail during this big moment is that um, (laughs) Niles has made a bunch of finger foods um, for this visit. But remember that the refrigerator is broken. So a lot of this food is potentially iffy um and we anyway do get the- a great we do get a great line from the little boy here where he goes um he goes what idiot made these and then niles goes i did and they came from a real little boy <laughs> yes 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 um niles doesn't he couldn't give an f no about- niles doesn't, <laughs> niles doesn't um, care about um, the show he doesn't care about mr sheffield's success like they're rich <laughs> af and he knows it they got that's like family that's like old money you know because oh, like yeah. My, like he grew up with a butler, this kid. So it doesn't matter if his show's a success or not. Like yeah. his job is set for life. Yeah. So he dies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so anyway, so while there, the critic does eat some of these finger sandwiches, but then, yeah. you know, gets kicked out by Mr. Sheffield. So we then cut to the night of the show and, uh, you know, the show has ended and everyone's streaming out of the theater. And Mr. Sheffield, Cece, and Fran um, are in the uh, theater bar, and they are watching the TV on the wall, and they are, like, on pins and needles because um, there are, um, you know, local reporters outside waiting for the film – waiting for the theater critic to come out so they can ask them what they thought. And they're like, oh, God, oh, God, what's Frank Bradley going to say? And then the TV announcer goes, oh, like we were going to interview Frank Bradley, but um, it seems he's out tonight due to food poisoning. Yeah. So he didn't even see the show, because, no. presumably because of the finger foods from the nasty warm fridge. Yep. Um, that whole thing honestly kind of grossed me out. Like I don't, I don't like little sandwiches that look like egg salad grossed me out to, grossed me out to begin with. And then to think that they were – Rotten. They were I, rancid. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, it's an unfortunate <laughs> situation all around, but, I think. I I used to love deviled eggs and then stopped oh, eating no. them after I had an incident when I was like, I don't know, like 12 or 13 years old and I never ate them again. So, And they, it, they just seem like the type of food where you're asking for an incident. Yeah, but, of course. Um, oh. But um, the thing is, the way the way that this um, episode wraps everything up with a neat little sitcom bow is the TV announcer is basically like, oh, um, but while we didn't get a soundbite from, you know, the critic, here's what uh, some of the audience members saw to intermission. And we find out that actually Fran had been interviewed and she's like, you know, has the uh, microphone in her face and she's like, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's the best show I've ever seen. And then... You know, in this, again, very convenient way, the uh, television announcer just goes, well, you heard it here. Guess it's a hit. (laughs) I guess that's supposed to like, you know, presumably there's not going to be any written reviews. There's no other theater critic in New York who's going to see this. Um, And Fran has saved the day unwittingly. 
And that leads to the big moment that I think yes. you were hinting at. Yes, this is a big moment. So there's sort of like, there's a, this celebratory, like, hooray, we did it. It's a hit or whatever, you know. And in that fracas uh, of fervor, that fervor uh, Fran and Mr. Sheffield turn to each other and there's like a, there's a kiss. They sort of like, mouth kiss. it's a, it's a closed mouth, like, like, you know, like it is the type of kiss that you would, it's, it's more than a friend kiss. It's like what, if you were in a relationship with someone and you got great news and you turned around to just go like, yay, we did it. Mm, and you, you know, and you did a quick kiss. That's the type of kiss that it is. And I, I liked it. I think it speaks to how familiar they're feeling with each other and how this isn't like a, you know, while there's a sexual attraction, this isn't necessarily like a sexual romantically charged moment. It's more just like, yeah, they, they already feel like a couple because they just want to celebrate together, you know, and, and it's nice. I thought it was a really beautiful way to have them share their first kiss. Yes. And they, they both, you know, instantly blow past it and you can tell there's something going on Tension, in both of their, yeah. you know, a- yeah, after it, but they, they kind of shake it off and, um, I think it speaks again beautifully to like what this show does really well, which is it's like they already are a couple. They already are a unit. They already basically share their lives together. They just haven't acknowledged it yet. Yes. Um, so it just it was really cute and um Yas Queen. <laughs> never say that again. <laughs> but the No, you're right. No cap. Um, <laughs> um but okay. What we're about to talk about next, truly, like, it blew my mind what happens next. I I was so shocked and so surprised that, honestly, we could have talked about this for this entire last, like, 25 minutes. The button of this episode, meaning not a plot point, not even a... So well, no, it was a plot point. It was it was the resolution to the B plot. Very okay. smartly, the resolution to the B plot is, oh, the refrigerator repairman finally shows up. And whereas that would have maybe just been like a a button, they use it as a vehicle for the most unexpected cameo on this show yet. Well, but that's what I mean. That's what that's what I was attempting to articulate, which is that like they're not using this cameo in any significant way. It's no. literally like the last forty seconds of an episode yeah. just for a couple extra jokes. Yeah. Who appears as a refrigerator repairman, but Dan Aykroyd, but none other than Dan Aykroyd, I should say. That's right. None other than Um, Dan Aykroyd himself, Dan Aykroyd. um, And he shows up, he shows up on a Ghostbusters joke because she's like, you know, ah, he's the only, you know, refrigerator repairman in town, you know, who are you going to call? And the door opens and he goes, uh, you know, hey, Frostbusters. No, he doesn't even say hey. He just says Frostbusters. Yeah, Frostbusters. <laughs> Who are you going to call Frostbusters? Yep. And and he's playing a uh, very uh, sketch character, like over-the-top caricature. He's like hunched over and he's, and he's talking with a real funny accent. And, and, and we should say uh, we're not not sketches and sketchy sketches and sketch comedy, sketch comedy. yeah like like just like yeah yeah, yeah he's like gruff and time and the last 40 seconds of this episode are just jokes about how he bends over and you can see his butt crack yeah. and that's it yeah <laughs> it's just a series of riffs i wonder if it was a um 
he was like, I, look, I'll pop in and do something funny, but like, I don't want to be on a whole episode, you know? Probably. Um, mm. But yeah. so I, I actually then was like, okay, wait, how does Fran Drescher know Dan Aykroyd? Because oh, at the very end of the episode, as the credits are rolling, instead of like outtakes or instead of some other random little thing, we got footage of the whole cast saying goodnight to the, you know, uh, to the live studio audience. And, you know, it ends with her being like, and I want to thank, you know, my very special dear friend, Mr. Dan Aykroyd. And he comes out and it's, you, you said this last time, it's like the end of an SNL episode. Um, yeah, everyone starts so, hugging, there's music. It's great. And that's how, you know, when, when you uh, will go to a live studio audience taping for a sitcom, like that's how they ended. It's like you watched a play and yeah. they come out and they bow and you clap for them. And um, it's all very you know. hyped up too. They really want the audience, you know, I mean, they really prime, they usually have an opener and then, and then usually the cast will come out before they start recording and they'll talk to the audience. They really want the audience like so hyped up and primed to laugh so they can get the best reactions, you know? Um, oh, it seems that Fran Drescher and Dan Aykroyd met on the oh. set of Dr. Detroit, which was a 1983 comedy, and yeah. they remained very, very close for years after, um, and that yeah. to this day are very close. If you haven't seen Dr. Detroit, it is a movie in which Dan Aykroyd plays a college professor who pretends to be a mobster to help a pimp uh, stay out of trouble who owes money to a, like an actual mobster. And Fran Drescher plays one of the pimp's uh, prostitutes alongside Donna Dixon, who ended up married Is, to Dan Aykroyd. Yes. That's right. And yes. she shows and, up on the nanny eventually too. That's mm -hmm. And that would have also made, that would have placed Fran at about 26 years old Yeah, um, in that movie. Um, all right. Wait. Okay. So segments. And now segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh with sean and toria <laughs> uh there's that go. there you go here you Good go time. um so um i'll start with a new segment that i'm introducing i'll follow <laughs> because we uh we just we, we we were just talking about some trivia about Dan Aykroyd and his connections to the show and, and all that. And I wanted to talk about, I want to bring, start a new segment where I follow, it's called <laughs> IMDb friction in which um, I will keep you updated on the weird sort of back and forth that goes on in the trivia section of the nanny on IMDb. And this week, you know, there's been some back and forth about whether or not this show is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And, and we actually discussed that on a previous episode. Well, this week we get this helpful trivia entry. It says, and I quote, in spite of previous show trivia claiming this wasn't filmed in front of a live studio audience, at the end of this episode, Fran Drescher holds a microphone to the studio audience and introduces Dan Aykroyd. She dances with him while the cast and audience all clap. So <laughs> I, I just... Someone's yeah. heated. In spite of previous show trivia. <laughs> so yeah, so we're getting, now it's starting to get heated. Stay tuned if there is any further, you know, if someone decides to fire back, uh, I will let you well, know. Well, didn't you say that um, 14 out of 14 people said that that comment was helpful? Yeah. Yeah. 14 <laughs> out of 14 people found this interesting, it says. Yeah. But but again, as we established earlier, yes, in, in 
Indeed, the first couple seasons were filmed in front of a live studio audience, and then they pivoted away from that when it started getting too hard to do with costume changes and elaborate um, dream sequences and all that. So, so maybe we should maybe we should respond to that. Well, you know what? This is a classic case of us not owning our power, Sean. We host a nanny a nanny podcast. We could respond to that. We sh- you're right. We should. I, I should saw. I, you know what? I'm going to sign up for an IMDb account with our nanny podcast uh, uh, email, and then I will. Um, it doesn't give me a way to respond, but I will click. Do you find this interesting? And I will click <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> really sticking it to them, um, and it's- then okay. So um, some favorite. Did we do? We didn't even do favorite lines yet, did we? No, I started. I, I introduced the new segment, so oh, now now hot. we can. Yeah, we now we can move into uh, favorite lines, of which favorite there line. were quite a few. Um, so I really liked this line when, when Cece's trying to convince, um, Gracie to go play with this kid, Fran goes, she doesn't like the kid. Like you wanted her to spend, spend her time with someone she doesn't like. And Cece goes, if I had to like every one of my friends, I wouldn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Um, Cece. Very close to that sequence. This is not a favorite line, but I feel like we should address this and we, we didn't this go around. Um, Cece and Fran get into an argument about whether or not they should invite this child to a play date. Uh, Fran doesn't want to, Cece does. And, and, and it leads into the physical comedy bit that we talked briefly about, but while they're fighting and you wrote this line down, so please Brighton says, (laughs) Um, he says, he says, ladies, ladies, there's, there must be a more mature way to settle this mud wrestling. (laughs) And yeah. we both we both commented on how disgusting yeah, we found that line. It's such a gross line. It's like, oh, but why is Brighton why. like why is Brighton written like a sex criminal? Like why is like, he like a little creepo? Like, well, but here's the thing: so that line, it's not disgusting in and of itself. It's disgusting in the context of the fact that Fran is his mother figure right. now. Like it, that's the whole reason we love this family dynamic. If, if, if Niles had said that line, it would have been, you know, in poor taste, like kind of just grow, you know, it's like reductive, obviously, but like, I wouldn't have flagged it. I would have just been like, all right, they probably wouldn't make that joke now, you know, but that it's coming. Yes. That it's coming from a child who is going, is starting to see this woman as like a, as like a matriarchal figure in his life. She's, she, we know she's going to end up eventually like long-term with his dad. It's just, it's such a weirdly sexualized thought for this child to have about, you know, this, this lady who's like living in his house, who's essentially like, you know, his mom now. (laughs) Um, And it goes to the point that I feel like I make this every week now where it's some, uh, sometimes this actor, this child is just used as a vessel for lines that the writers want to yes. use. Yes. He's um, a line vessel. They, he's a line vessel. Yeah. yeah. Total line vessel. Um, and, and it, it, they don't take his character or the reality of his character into account. A lot of the, or like what a kid his age would know, yeah. what a kid, his, a kid his age would say. So, so we both flagged that as pretty gross. Gracie had a line where uh friend says forbid is that the F word I hear to, to CC. And then, Gracie has this great, very childlike line that kind of juxtaposed to what we're talking about with Brighton, where she goes, that's the F word? What's the big deal? 
And I just <laughs> thought that was such a cute, it was a really cute line and she delivered it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't get a lot of those, um, you know, she's often written like above her age. Like, it's a lot of like, you know, self-aware lines that like, yes. you know, people in therapy have. Um, so I just thought it was cute to like really make her child, like a like her age in that moment and be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super cute. Yeah. Um, um, and What about the um, Yiddish? No Yiddish. Yiddish. So there was no Yiddish in this episode, but no I Yiddish. found an episode appropriate Yiddish phrase. And that the is- next episode has so much Yiddish. <gasps> it's it's so like true. they're messing with us a little bit. It's almost too many lines to count of Yiddish almost. It's crazy. Um, okay. But this phrase is kibitzer, and that's uh, a spectator, usually that's one who offers often unwanted advice or commentary. Mm. So these uh, Bradberries, is that their names? Bradford. Sorry, these Brad. What is the now Bradford, Frank yeah. Bradford? Bradford. Yeah. They are kibitzers, kibitzers, you know, for all yeah. practical purposes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kibitzer. Um, kibitz in this, kibitz in about that. I like it. Kibitz. Stop, okay. stop your kibitzing. Stop your kibitzing. Um, and then for the Fran or the Cece, it's yes. the thing that's so funny is I we just went over this not that long ago, like literally, and I don't even remember where we landed or why we landed there. I've yes. blacked it out. Yes. Uh, I think we decided – no, I remember. We both decided that like neither of us were particularly the Fran or the Cece in that episode, and that is okay. Yes. And the because reason I- we decided that is because – Neither one of us would force a child to go play with another kid that was bullying them just to, for like, just to, just to get like a good review or like to further our career. Um, so yeah, so maybe so neither one of us. Yeah. Maybe we're the both. Maybe we're both the friends. Um, yeah. But for the next episode, when we eventually get there, I definitely have a friend in the season. Oh yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about the next episode. But that's for the next episode. In the meantime, if first of all, let me just say. Uh, everyone's been fantastic, very vocal. Uh, we've been getting so much listener support, both, uh, figuratively and literally we have like a subscriber. Hi, Melissa. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty awesome. If you want to be in touch with us or support us or do anything, you know, obviously you can like and comment and share on all the different podcasting platforms. You can also go to anchor.fm slash the nanny pod and leave us a voicemail or subscribe and support us with money. Uh, Although, you know, uh, we're we're just, we're throwing all that. We're going to, we're going to try to buy Toria a new microphone eventually so that she sounds good. Um, Although (laughs) it's not going to write her jokes for her. Am I right guys? (laughs) Anyway, if you thought that that wasn't funny and insulting and that you don't like this back and forth that we have, let us know on social media. You can find us now on our official social media accounts uh, oh, Mr. Chef Pod. That's Instagram, Oh, Mr. Chef Pod, and Twitter, Oh, Mr. Chef Pod. Uh, just like Mr. Sheffield. Two Fs, Mr. Chef Pod. Uh, yeah, check us out. Follow us, uh, like us, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And uh, uh, yeah. that's the end of an episode. So thank you for listening to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, and goodbye. The flashing, Bye. The flashing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>